0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Back to the Future is becoming a Broadway musical, opening tomorrow at the Winter Garden Theater in New York City. I spoke to actress Leah Thompson for a special 30th anniversary screening at Wolf Trap in Virginia back in 2015. Leah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, I know you're on set right now, right? Uh, So if we need to jump off, we will. What are you in the middle of shooting?
1: I'm shooting my, uh, the season 4B of my show Switch Step Birth on ABC Family. Oh yeah, yeah. And in the middle of a scene, it's very, very glamorous. Let me tell
0: you. Well, I appreciate you stepping aside and you know, middle of (laughs) costume changes and everything, and and talking with (laughs) us. Now, you'll be uh, you'll be in DC on Friday at Wolf Trap. um, Actually, technically Virginia. Um, But uh, how did they get you uh, roped into doing the show? Um, Did they call and say, "Hey, we have a 30th anniversary thing going on. Want to want to join us?" So tell us how you got involved.
1: Um. No, they asked me and I have a sister in Baltimore so it seems like fun to just go and uh, and and see that I love that oh, I love that score, I love the orchestra, I love Wolf Trap. I've danced there before so I'm excited
0: to see it again. When when did you dance there? In 1870. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pre-Charleston, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, I think it was with the Pennsylvania Ballet. I can't even remember. It was so long ago. I was like 19.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And was this, uh, is, is this, the? Uh, a, you said a sister in Baltimore? Is this younger, older sister? My older
1: sister, I'm the youngest of five. And um, so my, my other sister is going to come with me. So we're going to have three sisters what? in D.C.
0: Oh, wow. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of uh, a lot to handle there. A lot of Thompson.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned the music. I mean, how much do you think that Alan Silvestri score added to it? And, I mean, obviously, it, it really elevates so many scenes. And, you know, people can hum it. Even if they haven't seen the movie in probably 30 years, they can still probably hum that one.
1: Oh, I know. It was an, an impeccable score. I mean, you know, that that's what's so great about this movie. Like, there's an alchemy about our business, you know, and you never know when it's going to work, when the magic's going to all come together. And, you know, every element of that of back to the future kind of really works. There's like no bad scenes. There's no bad, you know, actors. There's no, you know, it's all so good. And the music is definitely a gigantic part of it. You know, all the scenes were so beautiful and interesting and you know, even the source music was wonderful, you know. So the Huey Lewis songs were great. and
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and even the stuff when you go back, you know, with Earth Angel and, you know, all this Mr. Sandman, all this stuff. It, it really just it brought out the time period, no matter what, what time period you guys were in. I know, I
1: always take credit for Mr. Sandman because I used to hum Mr. Sandman before I played young Lorraine. Every single scene I would hum Mr. Sandman to get in character.
0: Is that where they got the idea to use it?
1: I think so because, you know, they incessantly heard it.
0: Will you hum a little for us right now?
1: Well, boom, 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 Yes?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, that's awesome um, Let's talk about you playing Lorraine Because you've, uh, you know, between the three movies You had to play her in many different iterations You had the the Biff version in the second one Which is entirely different from, you know, the Old West Mr. Eastwood in the third one And then, of course, you in the first one Which one was, uh, did you have a favorite of, of among all the different iterations?
1: Um, You know, they're all dear to my heart But I really did love the Biff version this with the, you know, the drunken floozy, which I I like that character. I've been trying to play, now that I'm, you know, past her age, I've been trying to play that character. No one will cast me as that. What, the drunken floozy? I have her on my reel, because I'm like, now I'm really, I could play her still. No one believes it. St- I did it when I was 25. I can do it now.
0: I think you can still do it. I think you're still pulling up.
1: Yeah, but nobody will
0: let me. Oh, uh, well, well, keep pitching that one. Keep pitching that one.
1: Keep pitching. You can play a drunken floozy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that whole sequence, it always reminded me of kind of It's a Wonderful Life, like Pottersville, you know, the, al- the right. da- darker alternate reality. Um, you know, back in the 50s, it's a, a little more bubblegummy, but then then in that, you know, in the sequel, you have to find a darker edge. How do you keep the same character but but take a darker slant on it?
1: I don't know, you know, but all I can report is, is you know, this far away from it, it doesn't even seem like it was me. So, <laughs> I, I, but I can say I think I did I, you know, I'm proud of the work that I did. I worked really hard, you know. I mean, sometimes people don't think that actors work hard, but I I've seen my notes. Sometimes I I like dig up the scripts or come across them and there's like the whole thing is covered in notes. So, I I did a lot of work trying to um you know to to come up with the different characters and also you know the the
0: material is really good Absolutely. What was it like working with uh, across Michael J. Fox Um, and Ah. having to play his uh, mother, but also you know someone that's batting her eyes at him at the same time? You had to kind of play his age, but also uh, the audience would know you're you're his mother. So uh, what what was that pulling that one off?
1: It was it was definitely funny and confusing and (laughs) weird and you know I mean it really was an interesting subversive role and. Uh, e- e- even though everyone kind of just thinks of it as being innocent, it was a lot of um, very interesting. <laughs> but you know, I'm really, really honored that people are still celebrating these movies, and I-, I love all the Back to the Future fans. And we're all so amazed and happy that that they have such longevity, and that you know, if this is the 30 year anniversary, is kind of insane and exciting and fun and crazy and surreal.
0: I'm sure. How did you I've always wanted to know, how did you not break character and laugh when uh you know, when George McFly comes up and says, My density has brought me to you. <laughs> I know. Density.
1: He was hilarious. He was actually genius in that part. I was just watching him. My daughter was in um Texas Rising, the mini series on, on HBO that just finished yesterday and so I was watching and Crispin Glover's in that. And he's such a genius. Um <laughs> You know, we especially were laughing at him in the first movie when he's watching The Honeymooners and um, (laughs) we were old and he was watching The Honeymooners. I remember specifically nobody on the crew could make it through that night because he was so funny.
0: He turns to the camera and does that little laugh when he's.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly, he does this weird snaky thing with his (laughs) his neck. That's exactly the moment that nobody could keep from cracking up.
0: I'm picturing it in my mind right now. He's like he does that uh, 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 and that little laugh. It breaks me up every time. I can imagine you guys on set trying to get trying to get through we that. We
1: couldn't. We couldn't get through it. Nobody could. <laughs>
0: And then, what about in the second one? When you, how did you guys achieve that? Where you know, when you double back on 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 itself, back to 1955 again, and you're you know you're running into your own characters of your former selves? Like, how did, how was that even achieved by Zemeckis?
1: Well, that was a particularly difficult because Crispin Glover well, was not there, so right. they had somebody impersonating him. So that was really <laughs> triplely e difficult because we were missing one of the actors and. Um, and that uh, was unfortunate. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, it was it, it would be easy to do nowadays, but at that point there was this giant camera called the Tondro that we used, especially when I was like 80 and there were three Michael Foxes in the scene. <laughs> that was really difficult. Now it would be easy, but at right. the time it was very difficult.
0: But that's what I think made it so inventive for, you know, you guys yeah. were doing things at the time when it wasn't where it wasn't easy. Um so, well, similar when he, you know, when he goes and does Roger Rabbit, it's the fact that he that Zemeckis was pulling that off in that time. And and similarly with Gump, things that that nowadays would be so much more easy, um but you know, the, the fact you guys are doing it then is is really remarkable and it holds up. All of them hold up.
1: Yeah, you know, my daughter was just watching um Interstellar. I can't remember what movie it is. It's a they, with Jodie Foster that Bob Zemeckis directed.
0: Mm-hmm. Was it Contact?
1: Uh, Contact. Yeah. Exactly. And she she was just like oh, he, he's a he's a genius. <laughs> he is not respected enough, in my opinion. He because he is like a hundred percent genius. Every one of his movies is, like you said, innovative, inventive. You know, and and has so many different elements of comedy and suspense and you know wonder. He he's an amazing director. I was so lucky to work with him on three movies.
0: Absolutely. And how did that trilogy affect your career? Because I know before you know you had done um, all the right moves with with Tom Cruise, and then afterwards, obviously, Caroline in the City and, and everything else you're working on now. Um, but how you know do, do do people still come up on the street and just and remember you for that role?
1: Oh yeah they uh, yes, um, you know,'m definitely that's my middle name,, <laughs> oh, yeah, back to the future Thompson, <laughs> and that's okay with me. It's a great movie, and I'm honored to be known for it, you know i mean i I feel like I've done some a lot of really interesting work since then, but um but you know it's definitely it resonates and and it's it's wonderful that it resonates all over the world and and it still does, I mean, like I said, I'm very honored and pleased.
0: Absolutely. Do you think another 30 years from now we'll be, be able to, you know, have the same conversation and people will still remember it just as fondly?
1: I don't know. I certainly hope so. We, we didn't we didn't expect this to happen, all of us. So, you know, it could happen. It seems to be like a holiday staple and people really like showing it to their kids. The, mo- the movie still holds up oddly. And, and that's that's a real blessing. I think the themes are really resonant to people, the idea that, you know, we all still feel like we're 17 at heart and that your kids were people, too. And, you know, and and especially in Back to the Future, one, the idea that one moment of courage could change your whole life, you know, that everything you do every day is is important on some level. I think that's a, a lesson that everyone wants to remember and teach their children
0: and their grandchildren. Yeah, I think there's just something about you know uh, parents when they show it to their kids the the idea of seeing yourself in your children and then for kids you know seeing that your parents were once your age too and you know it doesn't matter right. if it's in the fifties or the eighties or tw- uh, I guess twenty fifteen that's where they went to in the sequel right <laughs> um, I, You guys got a, you guys got a little bit right with that stuff. <laughs> you know, we had uh, what do we there's a Miami baseball team now and, you know they didn't make it to Jaws fifteen or whatever but I mean look at Sharknado and you guys nailed the sequel thing pretty good.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we certainly didn't expect people to, you know, I don't know. I think he, I think I think Bob was really into showing the future in a funny way, you know. <laughs> so that that's what he that's what he was concentrating on, not exactly duplicating the future.
0: Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all that aside, I think what you were saying about the, you know, the parents become the kids and the kids become the parents. I think those themes are, are what make it resonate. And uh, whether it's 85, 1955, 2015, and hopefully 30 years from now, hopefully, it, it, I think it will still work. So um, From
1: your lips to God's ears.
0: Well, hey, thanks so much for taking time. I know you're busy on set, so we'll let you get back at it. And remind us what, what, the, what the show is. Switched at birth on ABC Family.